Good morning, Dave. Welcome to Genuine Intelligence. This is the podcast where artificial intelligence meets real people, sponsored <laughs> by ERA, making home ownership affordable again. So welcome, Dave. Um, tell us a bit about yourself. Tell us about Dave Brogan. Morning, Steve. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast. Really excited to be here. A um, little bit about me, um, Dave Brogan. We've got similar accents, so please don't confuse us. We're in the same, we come from the same part of the world in Northern England. Um, I've been over in the States for about 12 years now, a US citizen, and um, I've been in commercial management for nearly 20 years in the construction industry. Um, I think we've both worked together at Arup, a huge design organization in England and the US. Um, and then I came to follow you at Katera and we worked together at Katera, which was great fun. Um, and now we are kind of talking about our experience at Katera and I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, artificial intelligence uh, says compared to our <laughs> genuine intelligence. Yeah, yeah, me too. I think uh, it's interesting to do a podcast like this where we're using AI to sort of uh, check our questions, check the answers as well and see how it goes. But but you're right, you introduced there Katera. Um, both, of, both of us were at Katera. And, and obviously, as the largest prop tech company uh, ever, um, got up to something like 8,000 people at one point, uh, raised something like $2 billion in venture capital. I think everybody's interested to understand uh, what on earth went wrong when Katera declared bankruptcy? You know, I don't know what it was now, 12 or 18 months ago. Um, you know, what on earth went wrong? So, so let's sort of investigate that. The way we're going to do this is I'm going to ask you some questions. Uh, I'm going to ask the same question to, um, to, to ChatGPT where it's relevant to do so. But let's begin with you personally. Why did you join Katera? Um, yeah, good question. Um, so I joined Katera to really make a change to the industry. Um, I was working at a large design consultancy, which gave me fantastic training and a basis in construction um, globally. But uh, I was itching to try and make a, an impact um, with a differing technique and I saw Katera as trying to really change the construction market um, for the better and I wanted to be part of that. Um, you know I'd recently um, got my green card and was available to work at other companies and um, I wanted to really add some value to the industry because I was in a cycle of um, you know, performing the same old projects, which were really interesting, but the systems didn't seem to um, get more efficient. And that was frustrating for me. Uh, so Katera was my avenue to, to make that change. Yeah, just while, while you were talking, I thought one of the things you said is uh, you wanted to change the construction industry. So I asked ChatGPT, what's wrong with the construction industry? And um, you can see the answer on the screen. There's a lot of things that 
ChatGPT thinks is wrong with the construction industry. Labor shortage, cost overruns, productivity, safety, uh, sustainability, fragmented communication, uh, and resistance to innovation. Would you agree that sort of sums up the problems? Yeah, I would. Um, and I would go further because I, my specialty is in cost estimation, cost control, cost management. So mm. I, I totally agree that this gives the, the high level overview of what's wrong with the construction industry. But in my realm, I was estimating projects, providing cost plans on multi-million dollar projects, billion dollar projects, and the processes in place, the data that we were using um, just seemed archaic. And there was a lot of rules of thumb that we needed to use where we didn't understand things and we weren't in a position to know that. So I thought, you, uh, you know, Katera was a vertically integrated company. And with that, I would be exposed to the whole project cycle of cost. So, you know, from design, inception, manufacturing, logistics, factory, construction, um, facilities, maintenance, handover, uh, I would be exposed to actually what that costs because um, generally wherever you are and what company you are, you really have a good handle on one aspect of that value chain but you don't have an overall view at it so i thought if i joined katera i could kind of see all the costs there that make up a project and actually learn how to make that more efficient and you know take that and really kind of run with it um so my specific aim was in the cost management world that i thought katera could um really change on and so that 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 like you know it's interesting because you know we were both we were both there right we worked together, um, but it, but I, my experience was that um, uh, you know I met sort of really interesting people that I thought they were absolutely amazing at what they did, and um, you know one example is is Anna Kim, um, you know I thought she was incredibly good at what she did, and she did a lot of work that was related to data-driven decision-making. Um, problem I had was um, the people who had the authority uh, couldn't, didn't have the experience to understand the difference between a good idea and a bad idea. Mm -hmm. um, that was my personal experience. What, what was yours like? You know, you, you just described how you expected to get all of this sort of different input and more complete picture, but what was your actual experience like? Um, can I say cluster? Can I sure. say cluster? Cluster. It was a. It was a cluster uh, within an onion, within a within a couple of presents that you had to unwrap, <laughs> and then and then there was a little hand grenade that kind of popped out and smacked you in the face and said you shouldn't be looking at this. Um, but no, in all honesty, um, the the processes weren't in place to capture our data and even if our data was captured correctly our product cycle of our building products was changing on a a weekly a daily basis so um understanding our product range um was one thing 
But because it was a, an ever-evolving cycle of efficiencies, we never really got to understand what our projects cost. I think there was theoretical um, you know, studies done at this is where we could get to, but because we were such a young company uh, in so many different locations, we just didn't know how much our products were costing. Um, there was learning curves there that people were trying to smooth out for estimating our future projects, but the the, the foundation wasn't there to capture the data. And then by the if we even caught, caught the data correctly, it was outdated immediately. So trying to predict the future was like really difficult. Um, but you, yeah, you're I, sort of like, I, I asked, you know, ChatGPT what Katera was trying to do, and, and you see the answer here. You know, Katera is a technology company, so you just started talking about data. And, you know, technology companies are all rooted in, in data-driven things. So that sounds like a, a bit of a failure from the beginning as a technology company. It said it was, Katera was going to provide end-to-end -end solutions for building construction from design through manufacturing and construction. So, you know, was that a good idea? That's the vertical integration piece that you've been talking about. Um, it says, uh, Katera was proposing an integrated approach to overcome the challenges faced by the construction industry, which we just covered, you know, labor shortage, productivity, et cetera. Um, did they actually ever achieve that? I mean, they built a lot of projects. Were any of them financially successful? like cheaper than the marketplace and uh and it, and it says you know Critera was trying to prioritize sustainability and green, green building practices i mean this incredibly expensive clt factory up in spokane was going to produce a new product uh to the marketplace uh, but it never happened so like you know what, what you was it just lack of organization was it lack of competence you know i mean what 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 went wrong? Because that sounds like a pretty good mission to me. Yeah, I think we we bit up bit off more than we could chew. Um, I I think if we had continued in the kind of Washington, California area, or even just the Arizona area, um, then we could have honed our business model, our product types, and kind of the logistics cost of just. Um, developing in those locations but we started ended up like going to New York we went over to uh, the Middle East we we were looking at all these jurisdiction areas that had all different planning constraints on them and I honestly think that people were just overwhelmed like there were I don't think it was a lack of competency it was just like people a deer in a headlights kind of scenario and there wasn't the clear thinking at management level to kind of guide us through that mess because i think the mission was was spot on but we were we were a kind of um we, we were a failure of our, of our of our own capital investment like we got all this capital investment and we ended up buying these factories which were a huge capital expense and then we had to make it work so we had to go larger into our market pool and we didn't actually get a product type that worked and then 
organically grew that just so we okay guys we know we can make a profit on this we know how much it costs we know how much traditional building materials and products cost we're getting a reduction here so let's grow this into other markets it was just like okay now we're out here now we're out here now we're out here we've bought um, an engineering company in Maine. Let's go and use their uh, contacts to try and sell out there. It, it was just a, a scattergun approach. Um, yeah. And it, yeah it, no, I get, I get that. I, I think um, strategy was clearly missing. It was sort of seemed like uh, everything was spur of the moment and just uh, opportunistic all the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think uh, I understand that. the 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 question for me, the competence question, is, um, you know, picking up on your point, I had an experience where um, uh, somebody had told the leadership that <clears throat> we could do engineering cheaper in India than we could do it in the United States, and so I was told we had to move the vast majority of our engineering to India. And when I pointed out that nobody, none of the graduates in India were trained in wood design because they don't build with wood in India, that was just considered to be being awkward. And when I also explained that it was a breach of the professional engineering license to not oversee the work that was being done, that was also considered to just being awkward. And I thought that was just complete lack of competence. It was just somebody who just fundamentally did not understand that construction is a life safety critical industry and you just can't cut corners or do things that you know are complete completely contrary to professional practice and professional ethics i mean did you have any experiences like that yeah um i mean i don't i don't want to throw too many people under the bus but I, I mean, as a in terms of cost management, um, we were looking at costs at, at a general contractor level um, or even at a developer level, and that wasn't good enough. That wasn't good enough for us to make um, strategic decisions within the company. So what I what I mean by that is that. Um, we we were working for these developers and we were a vertically integrated uh, company that meant we were the GC, we were self-performing work, we were the subcontractors in, in some cases. And we were tracking our costs and our metrics at a, at a developer level. So cost per square foot, how much can you build in Texas for, how much can you build in Washington, California, etc. But in order to make decisions, we needed to track costs at a subcontractor level. And that means tracking our labor, tracking our productivities, tracking our material costs, and actually working with those, those kind of four fundamentals on our yeah. product lines, and actually, you know, making decisions that affected um, those 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 kind of four uh, resources and seeing what it did to lower the numbers but we were making decisions and we didn't know, because we were making so many decisions we didn't know what was good and what was bad because we weren't tracking metrics at that resource level we were saying all right well we got our cost per square foot down by two or three dollars 
on the overall building site were doing something well but do you know it could have been a multiple of different decisions why we got it under that or why we we're probably going over that so yeah to to me our, our our cost management let us down because we needed to price our projects at a resource based level rather than um at a cost per square foot um but that was probably symptomatic of having too many projects too many locations again and just being under pressure to to sell more work but yeah well, that... I, I asked chat gpt you know katera had this mission and uh, um better cheaper faster right so who wouldn't want to do those three things and so i asked katera yeah i asked katera i asked chat gpt um you know how how let's take them one at a time how was it trying to do that and this is the answer that i got so it says you know better so that was more about integration and quality control so you know the question is where katera buildings better than the industry is producing uh, second one is cheaper how are they going to do that off-site manufacturing well, i don't really know how off-site manufacturing is cheaper i don't actually know um supply chain optimization yeah i could see that could produce some cost benefits but but you know did katera ever produce a cheaper building than market and then faster you know obviously prefabrication if you're building in a factory at the same time as you're building up the foundations on the site your project should be finished faster i think it'd be hard to do it slower so you know that's an obvious thing but then it said streamline project management i never experienced any streamlined project management at katera so what you you know this is what chat gpt said and uh, i asked that you know i finished with the sort of question you know did it did it achieve these things and it said um you know it's important to note that while katera had ambitious goals the company faced financial challenges and ultimately filed for bankruptcy so you know in the next question i'm going to ask like why did katera go bankrupt but let's start by better cheaper faster did was it ever better cheaper or faster in your opinion um yeah let's just take them one by one then steve just uh, scroll sure. up a bit there so what was the first one better better yeah so better yeah. Was integrated design and quality control yeah so i think katera as a company we were thinking we were gonna provide better buildings because we thought we could control the quality better within a factory environment uh, rather than an on-site environment um because I think where our factories were, the you know, it was awful elements in the summer and awful elements in the winter. So protecting our workers, we thought we could lead to a better quality of product. Um, you know, just to kind of answer that one, I'm not sure if we got there. I'm sure it was better for our workers, which we should care about. But in terms of um, a better product than site built, I'm not entirely sure about that because you have to get it to the project site and there's a lot of risk there between where it leaves the factory and when it's actually installed on site. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm not a kind of a huge believer that, um, you know, transporting a, a finished product on the motorway or the highway for, you know, 300 miles. Um, <laughs> And it be, being in a perfect condition when you kind of enter the building site is necessarily true. But 
Um, so I think that was probably a score draw. Um, the problem, the problem with building in a factory, and I think you tipped on it there, is that there's a huge capital expense to it. Yeah. And I think Katira made all the right moves is in, okay, we're going to build a factory out here. Then we're going to build a factory up here. And then we're going to expand to these locations. But the biggest capital expense is actually building or figuring out the right automation within those um, within those factories. And I don't know if we actually figured that out because it was too expensive. The auto, full automation is probably just too expensive and we don't know what we need right now um, in order for it to be a worthwhile investment. So when I went to the factory at Katera, there were still kind of people in there on trust lines, like nailing things together. And there was a view that that could be automated, which, you know, could or could not increase quality. So um, I'm not sure if I answered that better, but I don't, I think that's a judgment call if it was better, the quality. Um, yeah, cheaper, I, don't, I, don't re I don't really see how uh, robots putting nails in wood makes building construction any cheaper, um, you know, frankly. Um, so, you know, my opinion is if we're going to, if you're going to connect, going to build in a factory, you, the connections have got to be designed in a way that um, they, they respect the machines, that are, the machines capabilities and not just try to replicate some human activity on the construction site. And I don't think Katera ever developed a, a different way of doing things. It was basically copy and stick built in a factory. And that seemed like a pointless activity to me. Um, but cheaper, so they weren't any cheaper and then faster. Do you, do you think that they were building faster and was that, was that a benefit to the, to the clients? I don't think we were building faster because um, I'm not entirely sure how many purely component buildings Katira actually built because um, the, the projects that I was on, we were um, kind of, our developers wanted um, uniqueness in our projects and component construction isn't meant to be unique because that's the whole point of why it should be cheaper is to reduce the variance but um you know we that that didn't necessarily sell at a developer level so yeah. being faster um you need to have the variance to the lowest amount and i don't think we did that um so we were kind of in this hybrid mode of um producing components but compute, uh, producing a lot of different unit types and then even veering into the traditional construction just to kind of get our name out there and build relationships with developers with the hope that we would go full component in the future. And I don't know if we ever, if we ever got there. No, I don't. So I want to sort of uh, try and bring this to a close. I've got two parts of this. So for, for first part, I want to, talk about the thing that everybody's interested in, which is uh, typed in the question. First of all, question, how did a company that received $2 billion, and I'm not sure how many zeros that is, but it's a lot, $2 billion of cash, how did it go bankrupt? So ChatGPT says the reason Katera went bankrupt was number one, financial mismanagement, right? So 
the, the company struggled to effectively manage its finances and control its costs, overspending, cost overruns. So this is your this is your department, uh, cost overruns. Uh, number two, operational challenges. So it says it it had difficulty scaling its operations. Um, you know, why did Katera go into India? Why did Katera go into Saudi Arabia? You know, always seemed to be uh, rather strange to me uh, to be not focusing on the core geography with the highest costs and the biggest problems and just going into very difficult places uh, to work as a, as a US-based company. Uh, the cost structure. So it said uh, Katera aimed to disrupt the construction industry by vertically integrating. However, this integration came with substantial upfront costs. CLT factory as an example. So you're investing way ahead of revenue and, and you can only do that for so long, right? That cash flow deficit is going to catch up with you sooner or later. Market conditions, so COVID. I think everybody blames everything on COVID. Um, I don't I don't really see that, but Chat GPT thinks it's a factor. I don't know if these are in order, one to five. Um, and then leadership and governance issues. Um, yeah, I think um, in my time at Katera, there were four CEOs or something. I can't remember, uh, but it was sort of musical chairs at the top. And um, and that doesn't help if you've not got a consistent uh, leadership. And um, uh, so, so it said these factors combined uh, with the company's inabil inability to generate sufficient revenue and achieve profitability led to Katera filing for bankruptcy in 2020. So, hey, I guess that's three years ago. I said 18 months. Time flies when you have them fun. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think about uh, that summary of like what went wrong? Um, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think adding the COVID, I don't necessarily agree with that because I was in there in 2018 and, and the writing was on the wall then. And I kind of predicted to my colleagues that um, we were buying up all these great companies and then if it didn't work out in a few years, we would have been sold off for parts and pieces like a, an old automobile. And I'm not sure if that's what actually happened, but um, yeah, that's what I thought back in 2018. But going going kind of one to five, financial mismanagement, yeah. I mean, we had, I think you mentioned the number of CEOs, but we also had, you know, five or six, um, CFOs as well that kind of yeah. skipped, you know we're in and out but I mean financial mismanagement yeah but we again I'm probably harping back to it but we just took too much on and um, our cost estimating principles weren't there so we actually didn't know we were losing all this money till like really the crap hit the fan um, Operational ch challenges, we talked about it. Very strange going out into India and the Middle East. Um, the cost structure. Um, yeah, I think we did kind of manage to get savings on the materials and the manufacturing because we did cut out all that uh, profit on profit from brokers and suppliers. But that kind of was offset by the labor issues and the mistakes and the variations that we needed to put into our product types which was just like building traditional construction but 
not having the history of building that traditional construction and knowing what right. we were doing we were yeah. doing it we were do it seemed like mm -hmm. we were doing all our projects um as a singular one-off and that has a cost learning curve to it um so, so not, not productized i mean most of the katera leadership came from flextronics which was highly productized and katera was not productized at all yeah i mean i would agree that that's what we were trying to get to yeah um, we were trying to get to building our products within 30 days but you know there was so many things moving along in terms of design and then our locations and you know we were already up against it with the budgets that we were working to and you know cost overruns in actually producing a quality product was kind of inevitable in my mind because we still had to knock out these buildings that could be used for our developers so we just had to pump all the cash into it to actually have it finished really yeah I, I, i'm sort of you know i think i think that's a pretty good summary and uh, you know i wanted to sort of finish by like asking you how in, how katera's influenced you like as a result you know would you join would you go if you could go back would you join katera again when you reflect on katera what do you think and then i you know have you got any questions for chat gpt i've got this one if if Katera started again, what would it do differently? I have no idea what it would say, but um, you know, there's got some answers. But let's talk about you first. You know, what 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 what's your what, what what when you look back with your rose tinted spectacles at your time at Katera, you know, do you look at it positively or negatively, or what what how do you feel about things? I I look at it really positively. Um, I had a great time when I was there. I, I worked extremely hard. Um, you know, I don't think I put as many hours on a seat as I did do at Katera, but that's because I believed in the mission. And I think one of the big factors for Katera was that the people were great there in San Francisco. And that's probably a credit to you, Steve, that we managed to kind of cherry pick all the brightest people within San Francisco's design consultancies and big big established companies and got them into one office and it was just really great as the kids would say there was a great vibe there yeah, yeah but yeah. I, I, and we all worked like our hardest to make it work but the the scale of the the scale of the problem was just too much and yeah. that's what i would do differently i would scale down the problem um and kind of hit it in a couple of locations a couple of jurisdictions you know maybe a couple of building types and make sure that the the business model works and then expand from there um you know just putting too much on too many people's plates and uh was just a recipe for kind of disaster yeah my <clears throat> my experience of that dave was that the you know i felt we always had two things going on we had the project pressure so we had these people out selling projects mm. and clearly you know at low prices and and so that backlog you know that was quite good for the investors to see the revenue backlog climbing but it came with all this work that needed to be done it was fairly traditional work and at the same time we'd hired a whole bunch of like super intelligent people like you described i thought we had a fantastic team of people who really should have been focused on looking to the future 
and and they couldn't get any time on developing products because all of this work that had been sold too cheap would just dominated their time and we ha hadn't hired the right people to do that sort of work and so there was this like tension and and it was always considered that the revenue generating stuff took priority over the investment and research and development stuff mm. so i always found myself like trying to shed that work i mean interestingly the architects who were in seattle they they sort of like focused on doing the projects and building a huge team of people and the engineering team i focused on subcontracting it you know i hired a project manager guy and tried to subcontract all the engineering to the industry to say we can get anybody to do that we shouldn't have our people doing it and it, and it just like it didn't like that's not integrated design when the architects have got one strategy and the engineers have got another you're never going to get a product that came out of it and so that was my personal experience that led to you know intense frustration day to day is like you know staff were just being pulled off research projects and forward-looking projects and put on the worries of the day and um i don't know if that was your your experience too but it drove me crazy yeah yeah i mean when i when i was there i was one of my main tasks was kind of putting risk management principles in yeah. and then i was looking at kind of uh, material types we should use uh, what was the best and it felt like we were i was reporting up and there wasn't the buy-in there to actually make changes yeah. Um, yeah yeah like we yeah we looked at like the different waste of our products in framing and um I, I don't know if that was actually taken and used efficiently and i one of the frustrations for me being the kind of research and development guy is that i never knew how much buy-in uh was actually at a management level on what i was working on so yeah. that after after spending kind of two or three weeks researching something pulling in all these different players and uh developing a kind of recommendation that went into a black hole and i kind of later found out that there wasn't management buy-in but then another one comes down and you meant to work <laughs> in same diligence on that and then you know issue it and that might get actioned on and you know the the disconnect between upper management and what people are actually doing was wasn't there and there were so many of these different um different aspects going on and everybody was in a team so everyone seemed to be working on these different research projects but um it just wasn't a cohesive kind of uh outcome at all yeah and i think that's what I, I my view is that you know the the this did the question really is i mean I'm, i wanted to talk about you and how it's influenced you but the question really is can disruption of the construction industry come from outside and and i think before i joined katera when i first met michael marks i was definitely and at one meeting with him i was bought in right i believed in the mission but and and he convinced me the disruption of the construction industry had to come from outside uh, i.e somebody like him and and i would say by the end of my time at katera i was absolutely convinced that that's wrong and construction if you don't fundamentally if you haven't built something and you haven't been involved in the construction industry 
you have no chance of disrupting it. And uh, that's where I sit today. So I completely flipped my opinion um, as a result of my experience at Katera. But what was your, what was your, how has it influenced you today? And, um, you know, do you, do you, have you, you know, do you do things differently as a result of Katera? So has it made you better or what, what what's the impact of Katera on you today? Um, I'm, I think I've still got PTSD from Katera. <laughs> um, I mean, the, there's small things that 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 I found in Katera that I would that I definitely wouldn't do. Like the constant meetings and checking in was just like over the top. Like as I said, everyone had like five or six projects going on, and they would need your input on it. So you ended up being on about ten projects where you were just <laughs> contributing, and that wasn't e you know times that by eight thousand employees and everyone is working on each other's projects and no one's actually making an impact going forward. It was yeah, just yeah. That, that. So I've kind of eliminated doing that. Um, but in terms of like my overall influence, like I'm still a believer in component construction. I'm not a believer in factories and because I just think it's too much of a capital investment to get it right. And yeah. I think that, we do need to standardize our, our our products in components, but looking at it in a factory and transporting it in logistics isn't the right way to go. And you know, my my main focus that I you know was before Katera is like developing a software, a design software that integrated costs within it. So mm. our our, pro, our product cycle is still uh, too disjointed. You know, we we get a product at inception, it's designed, it's costed, it's VE'd, it's designed again, and then we might go into construction. I think, and what Katera were building is that they had a piece of software which was a design software, but integrated costs, integrated schedule, and that whole pre-construction phase can reduce and you can concentrate mm -hmm. on the construction of it then. Uh, and mm -hmm. making that as efficient as possible. So that's that's still my kind of mission that I'm working on right now. Yeah, and I 100% I agree with that. I think focusing on on cheaper, on producing something that, that you know, is not low quality, but produces a more cost-effective outcome for the customer is exactly right. And that's what ERA is, right? ERA is trying to create affordable home ownership where people have more money in their pocket at the end of the month. And that's by looking at the overall total cost of everything. And uh, and your help on that, you know, is sort of like incredibly valuable. So, you know, I want to thank you for that. And uh, so so just by close, you know, I, I wanted to say, you know, um, if Gatera started again, what would it do differently? And I put this uh, this thing up. Seems like it's uh, the opposite to the what went wrong uh, question, really, uh, for ChatGPT. So, you know, better financial discipline, uh, scalable operations, strategic partnerships. I think that was key. I think if Katera had partnered with the construction industry instead of basically tried to smash it in the face, um, it would have had a lot more success. Um, market diversification, I don't agree with that. I think there needed to be a product focused on on you know multifamily housing for example that was really really great 
there was too much diversification. Uh, technology adoption and innovation, I think we both agree with that. Some, I, I look back at all the great ideas that we had at Katera, and I, I'm still trying to keep some of them alive uh, because it seems a shame. You know, I, I, the company was sold, and I think there's a box of great ideas sitting in the Katera vaults that somebody will find one day and go, oh my God, this is brilliant. You know, we I, I could list things that we did, um, like a, a, a better sustainability scoring system than LEED. And there's all sorts of things um, that, that are just sitting there uh, waiting for somebody to pick them up. Somebody can buy the hard, the factory, um, uh, you know, that's fine, but nobody can buy the intellectual property um, that just is sitting in that Katera vault and it's incredibly valuable. Um, Strong leadership and governance. I think we both agree with that. And then finally, the customer-centric approach. I do think that Katera didn't build for the people who occupied its buildings. It, it, it sort of was really confused about who the customer was. And, uh, and that's a fundamental flaw in any company that they don't focus 100% on the customer, which is why at ERA, we are 100,000% focused on the customer, the person who lives in the home and not the person who builds it. So uh, hopefully we can uh, we can put that right. So I don't know if you've got anything else you want to add or any questions you'd like to ask ChatGPT before uh, we close this. No, I think that was a great summary, Steve. I mean, I would love to go into more detail on this and ask ChatGTP more questions and get more of your opinion as well. Um, because uh, I really valued your kind of leadership at Katera and I kind of want the opportunity to quiz you next time. Uh, well, I'm happy to do that. We can turn this around and, uh, and, and do it again. But uh, for now, thanks so much for your time. I uh, appreciate it. I wish you every success for the future and thanks for coming on and sharing your experience. Thanks, Steve.